Today's sponsor is Headspace. You slept every night of your life, so you should be pretty good at it by now, right? Unfortunately, many of us don't get the quality sleep that we need and could use a little bit of help, and that's where Headspace has got you covered. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And while they have meditations devoted to helping you reduce stress and increase your overall sense of well-being, they have an entire library of sleep stories, sleep music, and other sleep sounds that can help you get the quality sleep you desperately need. And for busy lifestyles, they have what's called wind downs. It's meditations and breathing exercises that are as short as three minutes so they can fit into anybody's schedule. I personally use Headspace myself. I've tried out some of the sleep stuff. It actually works. Like to me, it actually makes a difference. So Headspace, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. And over 60 million downloads. Try it today for free and start sleeping soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. All right, so you got things like SEO, and there's blogging and podcasting, of course, video, YouTube, paid ads, email marketing, lead gen, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the things. There are so many things and content and content being talked about those things, and it's kind of this just big giant circle of tips that are being shared around all the time about the same kinds of things, and there may be a gold nugget or a tidbit here and there, but you know what's one thing that we haven't talked much about? That's, uh, that's PR, public relations, and mainstream media. You know why it's not talked about very much? Because not many people know how to talk about it. I don't talk about it. I don't teach it because I don't know. But what do we do when we don't know about something? We look for people who are in that world who can provide us with some amazing information. And that's exactly what we're going to do today. We have Christina Nicholson from MediaMavenAndMore.com here to give us the lowdown. No matter what level of business you're at, even if you're just starting out or maybe you have a reputable brand that you know just needs more exposure Stick around. Make sure you subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Christina's here. Cue the music. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he has real-life conversations with 10 random email subscribers per month. You could be next. Pat Flynn. What's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here. Thank you so much for joining me today in session 321 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. My name is Pat Flynn. I'm here to help you make more money, save more time, and help more people too. And to help us today, we have Christina Nicholson from MediaMavenAndMore.com, who, like I said, is going to give us the lowdown on public relations and mainstream media today. This world changes pretty fast, but she's always on top of it, and I wanted to invite her on to tell us what we should be doing, what should we not be doing, how should we do it, where should we do it, when all the good stuff so let's not wait any longer christina nicholson from MediaMavenAndMore.com. hey christina welcome back to the spi podcast thanks for being here thanks for having me back pat you know we were just talking before the show um you know we both listen to amy porterfield's podcast and she always invites rick mulready to come on to talk about facebook ads i feel like you you've gotten this recurring role here on spi's the the PR expert and and the sort of mainstream media expert. So I'm I'm really thankful for that because things are changing all the time. And this is a part of entrepreneurship that a lot of people, they really want and and they kind of know about, but they don't know how to go about doing it, which is why we're bringing you back on. And I'm sure you'll come back on in the future to talk about some of the latest things that are happening because things are always changing. So just first of all, I wanted to say thank you uh, for that and always being here to provide value to the SPI audience. 
Well, thanks for having me. And like you said, it is important because things are always changing. Like we were just talking about, I was on almost two years ago and I have so many new things to say because (laughs) so many new things have happened in the industry. Yeah. So, I mean, the way that this episode is going to be broken down is sort of into three phases. First phase for those of you who are literally just starting out, like is PR and mainstream media even a thing that you should worry about? And if it's not a thing that you can get yet, how can you best prepare yourself for when you have a little bit of success to amplify that? Phase two is going to be, okay, you've gotten a brand now. You have a, a somewhat of a following and a good reputation, a good product. How can you kind of take that into mainstream media? And then phase three will be for people who you know, are getting a little bit of success and they are getting a little bit of noise out there in the, in the mainstream media world. And how can we take that even further? So let's start right in the beginning. For those who are in the audience right now, Christina, and they're just starting out, you know, what should they be thinking about related to mainstream media and PR or how should be how should they be setting themselves up for later? Well, I think the first thing you have to look at is the different kinds of media there are. There's your own media, which is your social media, your website, your email list. Mm -hmm. And then there's earned media, which is, you know, like getting that segment on TV or getting a mention in the newspaper. And then there's paid media, which is advertising. So I think if you are first starting out, you need to have your own media. Um, I have people ask me all the time, whether they're writing a book or they're just getting ready to start something, they say, oh, well, is it too early? And I say, as long as you have a website and you have a place to send people, it's not too early. Because when you do get ready to launch your book or your project, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. you want to be known, liked, and trusted before you do that. And the way you become known, liked, and trusted is by having your own content, your own media, whether it be your website, a blog, a podcast, where you are constantly sending people to. So the first step is to have your own media and have your own home base because you want to send people somewhere after you start earning media and paying for it. I love that. A big question that's kind of just in my head right now is, you know, there's a lot of people in the audience who maybe they don't have a personal brand. I mean, I would assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, that if you have a personal brand where, you know, you go to that website, your media, like you said, and you see your face and you see your personality there, does that make it easier for you or maybe even harder for you than if you are more of a company with, you know, a a nice logo, but not necessarily it's about you, but it's about your, you know, product instead? Is there one that's better than the other? Well, I think everybody has a personal brand. They just don't realize it. And I actually had somebody say that to me the other day is I'm not ready because I don't have a brand yet. And everybody, no matter what you do, you are an expert at it if you do it all day, every day. So you can look at yourself like, Pat Flynn, you are your brand. You, it's, it's your company. It's mm-hmm. Flynn Industries. You are your brand. But then you look at the bigger companies. Um, like let's use Facebook as an example. It's a big company. Facebook is a company. We all recognize that blue F logo, but we also know who Mark Zuckerberg is because he created it and he, by promoting himself as an expert in his industry, he's also promoting Facebook. When Facebook gets promoted, it also kind of promotes Mark Zuckerberg. So there's definitely an overlap. But I think at the end of the day, you also want to be the face of your brand because people do business with people. They don't do business with other businesses. So it's hard to know, like, and trust a brand. It's a lot easier to know, like, and trust a person. So I think if you want to 
be seen as a business, then that's fine. But you should also have that about page on your website that talks about you as a brand because your business isn't going to be quoted as an expert in Forbes. You are going to be quoted as an expert in Forbes. Mm. So you always need to go back to yourself as a brand. And even if you don't have a business yet, that's what LinkedIn is for. So if you think about it, whether you're in corporate America, you're looking for another job or you're looking to start your own business, LinkedIn is where you brand yourself as an expert in your industry, regardless of whether you're a business owner or not. I love that. Thank you. Are there, do you come across people who are scared of PR? You know, you were, you were talking about Mark Zuckerberg and how when he talks about, or anybody talks about Facebook, you know, his name pops up, right? Because he's associated with a brand. Um, just recently, he was, uh, you know, in a, in a hearing with the Senate in the, here in the U.S., and it's not in the best of light. Uh, it's, it's, it's still talking about Facebook, but he's getting, you know, grilled by the Senate related to privacy issues and, and stuff as well. I mean, is it true that any PR is good PR, whether it's good or bad? Or, you know, I think a lot of beginners sometimes stay away from and don't even want to get associated with with mainstream media because, you know, it could it could amplify the, the bad things if if they were to do something wrong. Yeah. And that's true. Um, Mark Zuckerberg did get himself into a little pickle. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But it's like that song, that rap song from the 90s, Mo Money, More Problems. Like you see that a lot, right? Um, But unfortunately, when we talk about earned media, that's just the nature of the game. When you spend money on media, so like if you're going to um, spend money on a commercial locally where you live, or you're going to take out an ad in a magazine, because you're spending so much money on that, you can control what it says. But a lot of advertisements are ignored today. And that's why this media world is shifting so much and we're finding new ways to promote ourselves. When you earn media, it is not a journalist's job or a reporter's job to promote you the way you want to be promoted. It is their job to tell a story to their readers or their viewers or their listeners. And that is why it's called earned media. So with that, somebody is going to maybe cover things at a certain angle that you don't want to be covered or say things in a way you don't want them to say, or maybe they're not going to promote you as much as you would want to be promoted. But that's just the nature of the game. It's their job to serve their audience. It's not their job to promote you. So I think that's the trickiest part with my PR agency is explaining that to clients. Like they want to be covered this way in this outlet, but that outlet or that journalist owes them nothing. It's their job to, to tell a story and this is how they're going to tell their story. And if you can help them, great. If not, they'll find somebody else. So I think the biggest trick for business owners and entrepreneurs um, is just to understand that's how the industry works. If you're not paying for coverage, you can't control it. And you just have to kind of roll with the punches. Some things you'll like, some things you'll love, some things you won't. And you just got to get back up and keep on moving. I think that's really smart to get into the heads of those who, you know, if you're getting into PR, you're, you're almost serving those journalists, like you said. And I think that's really, really, really important to understand. I, I had actually never even thought of it that way, but that makes it a lot easier to understand what we could possibly do. What are some tangible steps that a beginner who is just starting out with building their brand and business, what are some tangible things that they can do to get that PR? Or is that even, you know, are they... Can they even qualify for that yet? Do, do they have enough? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I believe before you pitch anything to anybody, you need to have some place to take them. So what's your goal? 
Regardless of your goal, I would assume most people, before they do anything, they're going to go to a website. That's just the way our world works today. Even if you have a brick and mortar store, your front door is almost like your website. Um, So you want to have a place to send people before you do anything. So that's step one. And then you really need to look at your goal. If you're brick and mortar, is it to get people to walk in the door? If it's building your email list, then you want to focus more online. If you're just a local business, you would want to focus on the local media. So I think the first step is to really get focused on what your goal is. And then that determines what your next actions are. And then again, it's all about how can I help this person? So depending on your goal, that will tell you who you reach out to. If you are nationwide and you speak to entrepreneurs nationwide, then maybe smart passive income would be good for you or Inc. Magazine would be good for you. If you are a local business in South Florida, then the South Florida media market would be good for you. So you need to know where you want to be to reach your ideal customer or client. And then you figure out a way to help those people who reach your audience do their job. So if it is, okay, let's use Smart Passive Income for Wait, example. Wait, hold on. Before you go on, did you just compare Smart Passive Income to Inc. Magazine? No, Smart Passive Income is way better than <laughs> oh, Inc. Magazine. You're, you're good. You're good, Christina. You, you, no wonder you're the PR person. But no, like I, I'm curious, like you, you had, SPI is very different in, in my eyes than, than Inc. I'm, I'm a person with a small team and, and I publish stuff, Inc. Magazine. I mean, they, they have print magazines. They have like, how, how are you able to, put those into the same kind of realm because you both serve the same kind of audience. That's one thing. Um, a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs are listening to your podcast and they're also listening to ink or they're also reading ink magazine. But again, this is the difference. A lot more people, we were talking about personal brand versus business. A lot more people feel connected to you way more than they would ink magazine because we know who Pat Flynn is and he lives in San Diego and, you know, he's got a couple of kids and he loves Back to the Future. With Inc. Magazine, we we can't say anything besides it's Inc. Magazine and they write a lot of articles for business owners. So, again, that's the difference between where people gravitate towards. So, while Inc. Magazine, for example, yeah, it can serve an audience and a quote in there and a link back in there is great for your SEO and it's good for your brand and it can bring you, you know, prospects for business. With smart passive income, it's it's just a little different because, you know, on your podcast or on your blog, it's like a, a more personal connection than a business connection. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that goes back to what we were talking about before. Um, but again, it's it all goes back to the audience that you are serving and that's where you want to be if that is your audience. I love this. It makes it so much more doable in my head for a beginner when you open up the realm of brands like Smart Passive Income, which you could you could all go to the iTunes directories right now and find loads of podcasts in the space that you're in. I mean, that just opens up the doors. And I would feel like approaching, you know, podcasters versus approaching Inc. Magazine or Forbes or, you know, this the, 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 like that's an entity that's different like that seems to be a lot more tangible and doable. So you're saying that media and, and, and getting exposure is not just the magazines and the television stations and for beginners, like, you know, let's not even focus on that first. Yeah. Well, and that's, like I said, a lot's changed since we last spoke. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things it's like 
mainstream media isn't so mainstream anymore. Like it's 2018. People are getting their information from influencers, from podcasts. Like it's not like it used to be. That's why I mentioned, you know, advertising is, is changing. Um, and, and that's why, because people aren't paying attention to those things that we've paid attention to, you know, the last decade or so more people are getting more value from things like influencers and listening to podcasts and reading blogs. So you, it's important to stay up on what people are paying attention to, um, because it's constantly changing. And also it's important to be super niche. Like, like you always say, the riches are in the niches. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's true in media too. So while it may look very cool and appealing to be in an outlet like Forbes, because Forbes is known worldwide, you may see a better ROI on media that you earn in something that's super, super niche because it's so niche. That's exactly where all your audience is. Because Forbes is very general. There's a lot of different kinds of people yeah. reaching, reading Forbes. But if you go with something that's so super niche, it may not sound or look as impressive, but you may make more money because of it. Yeah, that's that's so true. And I can tell you from my own experience, getting featured in Forbes and even the New York Times, like that doesn't provide as much value as a collaboration I do on YouTube with another influencer on YouTube or, you know, getting on somebody else's podcast. You're absolutely right. And I love that we're helping people shift that mindset there. And like you said, things have shifted. Before we move on to the next step, I kind of cut you off earlier. I wanted to go back to that tactical strategies. Okay, we find a podcast people in the entrepreneur space, you know, maybe SPI, maybe some others. Um, what are some specific strategies that a person just starting out can do to give themselves a better chance to get featured on those platforms? Okay. I think the biggest thing, and I can just say this from being on the receiving end of pitches when I was in TV, is that most people do it the lazy way because it's quick and it's easy. So they'll pitch everybody the same thing at the same time. Instead, take your time to be strategic and find out who you're pitching because then you can reference a past show or a past article or a past TV segment mm -hmm. and you can say, oh, I saw this or I heard this. And because of this, you would be interested in what I'm doing or Pat, I know you like blah, blah, blah. So I want to share this with you because I think your audience would really learn from it. So instead of just throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall and trying to get something to stick, I think you should be strategic. And when you set your goals, maybe start with 10 outlets. I really want to be here, 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 and here. Mm -hmm. And then watch them, listen to them, read them. So then when you do reach out to the person who's in charge of booking or writing the article or producing the segment, that you are reaching out to them from an educated standpoint, you're not just somebody else looking for publicity. Mm -hmm. And as sad as it is to say, you will stand out from probably 95 of the other pitches because people don't take time to do their homework or listen to a podcast before they pitch themselves or read what the writer has written before, before they pitch themselves. So if you just take some time to do that, I suggest blocking off two hours a week. If this is something you need to do on your own, block off two hours a week to make that media list, work those contacts, listen to who they are, follow them on Twitter, build a relationship. So then when you do pitch them, not only does your name stand out in their inbox, but your pitch stands out from everybody else. Wait, so are you telling me this is going to take some work? Doesn't it suck? 
<laughs> That's what I always tell people, right? People come to my site. They're like, can, can, give me, give me the magic formula. Give me the, give me the easy button. And I, I love that you ride along the same lines as me. Is like, this is, this is going to take work guys. But if you do the work, you will, like you said, stand out from most people who aren't doing that work. Yeah. And it sounds like it's a lot, but again, like I'm a big fan of time blocking. So if you block off two hours a week to do this, it's not that much work. And at the end of the day, you will have gotten so much further than if you wasted that little time just emailing everything to a bunch of people at the same time. Love that. Well, thank you. Uh, I think that's plenty for a beginner to kind of get started with. And I want to move kind of to the next step. So, you know, a person's getting a little bit of exposure out there. They're getting featured on a few sites or getting some podcast interviews. That's great. They've built this brand for themselves, they're starting to become known as and and uh, as the expert or the go-to resource in that space. And you know, this is who you serve in your mentorship program, which is really great. So, I want to talk about this, like, really quick. What are the biggest problems that people who are at the stage are, are are doing, or biggest mistakes that they make that are that's kind of stopping or stunting their growth at this point? Um, I think one mistake is, is they get, well, there's a couple mistakes. I would say one is they get a great media hit and they think that's it. Like, oh good. I don't need to do this anymore. I just got this one great hit and it doesn't work like that. I think statistically you need to see something seven times before you buy it. So imagine that's the same with media hits. You need to be seen seven different places, seven different times before somebody is totally on board with you and what you're selling. So very rarely, I mean, and it happens, but very rarely will one media hit skyrocket your business. You need to be in lots of different places at lots of different times, maybe some different angles, sharing different expertise to the same audience. You always need to be top of mind. That's the idea. And a lot of people, they get started And then they're not consistent with it when you need to be consistent, because as we've seen, when we log on to whatever social media platform of choice, Mm -hmm. it is a constantly moving feed tomorrow. You won't know what you saw yesterday or the day before, because things are always changing. They're constantly moving. So the same goes for earning media. Don't stop after you get a couple of hits keep earning them. And then also the second part to that is when you earn them, you need to constantly be sharing them on your platforms. So if you are in a variety of publications or on podcasts, whatever it may be, you need to have a media page on your website where all of that is there. Put those logos on the homepage of your website so people see because that sets you apart from your competition. If I'm saying, oh, I don't know if I want to work with Pat or somebody else, and I compare your two websites, and I see the logos of where you've been featured, I'm probably going to go with you because that tells me you're credible and you have authority in your space, or else why would all of these outlets choose to feature you? So it really makes you set yourself apart, and you have to constantly be sharing. Don't share just once on social media. Like Link to that over and over and over again, once a month for the next two years, because even if somebody sees it every month, they're going to forget a month later, if they do see it. Because lots of times things are missed on social media because it is a constantly moving feed. Um, And then something else that I suggest doing, if you blog, which you probably should if you're not. If you have a website, you should be blogging on it. Um, Share some behind-the-scenes stories. Like if I I hosted um, a store opening and a a Real Housewife was there to bring crowds in, and I I wrote a blog post about behind-the-scenes with a Real Housewife. So I'm not just 
sharing what happened. I'm taking you behind the scenes and I'm sharing a little bit more that you maybe you didn't see in the article or you didn't see in the video. Love it. TV and magazines, newspapers, something at this stage that we should be proactively kind of trying to trying to get. Yeah, I think so. And the main reason is because even if it's in print or on air, it always ends up online. And what ends up online usually results in a link back to your website, which is good for your SEO. First step for getting that, would I, this is what I, you know, I haven't actively reached out and thankfully I've, I've kind of built a huge brand in a very organic, personal way with people such that I kind of attract a lot of attention now, which is great. Um, I could probably be a little bit more proactive if I wanted to be proactive in getting more spots like that, besides working with somebody who like yourself just knows people. I mean, I would assume that that's probably the easiest way to get into this kind of stuff is just kind of know the right people. Right. But, um, would I, this is just a random strategy that I was like keeping in my back pocket. Let me know what you think of this. I'm going to go to Barnes and Noble. I'm going to go to the magazine section. I'm going to find all the magazines that I could potentially see myself featured in. I'm going to look at the different articles. I'm going to find the names of the people who wrote those articles. And I'm going to go online and see how I might be able to build a relationship with them. Not like you said, just shoot them all the same email, but you know, try to get to know them a little bit, do a little bit of research and see how I can become a resource for that person. The next time they need to write an article, um, what do you think of that? Yeah, that's exactly how you do it. And it's crazy that nobody does it like that because you would have to get up and go to Barnes and Noble and look through <laughs> mag like it takes time. Right. Um, but like you said at the beginning of that is that you built something organically. And that's the most important thing is to have that foundation, like going back to the beginner stage, mm -hmm. because before somebody chooses to feature you, they want to look at what you're doing online because they don't want to just feature any Tom, Dick or Harry. You know, yeah. they want to know that they're putting somebody out there who's legit. I once had a client who was denied. She was so close to getting on Good Morning America, but because her website didn't look good, they no. said, no, we can't put her on air because oh. her website looks bad. Are you serious? Yes. And it was, it, it was really frustrating because I was telling her for months her website didn't look good and she didn't listen to me. And that's what ended up happening. So that's the importance, like what you said, of, of having an organic platform of your own to send people back to. Um, but yeah, that's how you do it. And it is a little bit about who you know, and it is important to build relationships, but it's honestly more important to have a good story. Like the biggest, the biggest media I've earned clients, the Today Show, the Rachel Ray Show, the Washington Post, I did all of that without relationships. Now I know people there, but they weren't the ones that helped me get those media hits. It was all because of the story. So don't be discouraged if you don't know people or you're not tight with these people who can hook you up with these media opportunities. All you need is a good story. And that's how a lot of these huge brands made it to where they are. Like Barbara Corcoran, mm -hmm. she didn't know somebody. She just happened to get quoted on the front page of the real estate section in the New York Times. And that's what skyrocketed her business. Um, same with Chipotle. Like Chipotle wasn't supposed to be what it was. The guy built it to fund another business. And he had a restaurant reviewer come in and wrote an amazing review. And then it skyrocketed. So you really, I mean, yeah, of course it helps to know people just like in any business or any industry, but it's better 
to have a good story and know what a good story is. Like, again, it's not about promoting yourself. It's about helping the journalists do their job and you help the journalists do their job by having a good story. Oh, mm, that's good. I mean, you're killing it right now, Christina. I'm learning so much right now. So thank you. Um, okay, let's keep, let's keep going with this. Um, on a similar strategy to that kind of magazine one that I shared, is it true that you could literally just call up your local news station and be like, hey, this is my story. And I agree with you 100%. The story is, is really important. I know I have a great story. Um, and, and I've fine tuned that story over the last 10 years, you know, but is it true that you can just call your local news station and be like, hey, guys, this is my story? I mean, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't know how you, to ask, but yeah, I mean, you can do that. But and the same goes with email. Keep in mind, um, you you are one of 300 emails a day. Mm-hmm. You are one of I don't even know how many phone calls a day. So that's why you need to um, you need to get good at getting to the point. <laughs> because journalists, they're overworked and underpaid. They don't have a lot of time. They're working on tight deadlines. So that's why I'm not a fan of press releases. Um, and I know a lot of people in the media industry aren't either because they're long and they're boring. So when you do start pitching, you need to be able to get to the point in three or four sentences. And then if they respond and they ask for more, then you know you're onto something because most of the time you'll hear nothing. They'll just hit delete. Um, so you can, you can call, you can email. That is how you pitch yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need to be doing it in a way that is quick and to the point so you're not wasting anybody's time because there literally is no time to waste. Is Haro help a reporter out? Is that still a thing today? Yeah, it's still a thing. Um, it has changed over the years. It was sold to Cision, which is an outlet a lot of publicists use. When I was in TV, I was always wondering, how do these people know my email? How are they getting this information? And mm-hmm. then I joined the other side and I learned. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it's changed a little bit since it was sold. A lot of the leads on there are not quality. A lot of people are being sneaky with Harrow and they're looking for advertising opportunities in there and they're kind of disguising them as editorial. With that said, though, if you use it correctly and strategically, you can get a lot of good media hits. And again, to do that, I would suggest when they put the title of what they're looking for, copy and paste that in the subject line so they know exactly what you're writing about. Because sometimes people write multiple harrows. So copy and paste that in the subject line and then respond to what they're asking for exactly as they ask for it. This is not a time for you to promote yourself. They have their assignment. They know what they're going to do. So just help them do it. And literally answer every question bullet by bullet. And then at the bottom of the harrow, having a statement that says who you are, why you're an expert and what you're responding to, and then a link back to your website or better yet, a link back to a blog post on your website that's relevant to the query that you're responding to. So the secret with Harrow, because again, this is the same thing. Somebody will post one, they'll get hundreds of responses. Mm -hmm. You want to be as specific and concise as you can, because many times they'll just copy and paste what you say and use it. They're not going to call you back for an interview. So don't respond and say, oh yes, I'd love to talk to you about this. Please give me a call. No, answer everything exactly as it's asked and tell them why you're an expert on that topic with a link back. And you are most likely to be chosen over others if you respond like that. Love it. And Haro is still free to sign up? Yeah, it's still free. They do have a paid option, which, you know, you get a little bit of a little bit of bells and whistles with it. Mm -hmm. But the free version works fine. Cool. Awesome. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes. 
Obviously, make sure you check out MediaMavenAndMore.com. Don't worry, we're not done yet, though. Stick around, because now I want to transition from, okay, phase two, you've, you've built a brand, you are kind of get your, getting your name out there. Um, now, we're finding some success. And I want to start with, because this is something that a lot of people in my audience have experienced, but just don't know what to do with. And that is, they have a social media post, or a blog post, or a video, or some sort of content that they've created go viral. And it's just getting, you know, hundreds of thousands, perhaps even millions of views. And I get emails quite a bit from people saying, Pat, what do I do? I don't know how to take advantage of this. And I'm curious to know from your expert standpoint, can you do anything with that? What should you do? Perhaps something we can do to prepare ourselves if something like that happens, just so we're ready. What do we do if something goes viral? Yeah. Okay. So when something goes viral, then you tell everybody it went viral if they didn't know. (laughs) So if something goes viral on YouTube, then you share that link. And it's almost, I mean, it's great that it went viral because then it's already newsworthy. You don't have to make something newsworthy. So that's the good news. So then you go into your media list that you built. Remember, everybody you want to get in contact with who can help you reach your audience and build your business. And you tell them, Hey, I don't know if you saw, but this just went viral. I've been covered. Maybe if you've already been covered by a couple outlets, you say, I've already been covered here, here, and here. I would love to take the opportunity to speak with you if you are also going to cover this or if you have interest in covering this. I could talk about this, this, and this. So you basically use that as a story idea to pitch, and then you build on it. Like this went viral. I can also talk about this and this and this as it relates to the viral video or the viral post or whatever. Um, And the good news about something going viral is just organically, other outlets will pick up on it. Mm -hmm. But the outlets that don't pick up on it, if you tell them to, they will. Because in news, it's super annoying, but this is how it happens. I remember being in our, our meetings in the morning and it would be, oh, well, Channel 7 just did this, so we have to do it too. Oh, really? You know, they feel like they're missing out if everybody else is doing it and they're not doing it. Mm -hmm. So you basically pitch the media with your viral story so they don't miss out. And you kind of of make them feel like if they don't cover you because you're viral and they don't know about it, then they're going to miss out. So that's one way to jump on that. And then another way is to just do and create more content based on whatever went viral. So um, if you are a mom and you're talking about too much homework or something like that, then talk about other things as it relates to being a mom and your kids being in school. So you just went viral for too much homework. Okay, well, what about now you're mad because we just took two weeks off and now there's two other days off or something or whatever, like kids get too many days off. Write about that because then you have a better chance of being covered for that because, oh, this mom who made headlines for homework, now she's making headlines for too many days off school or whatever. So try to keep it all relative um, with your new content after the viral content, and that will help that also have the potential to go viral. That's so smart. I love that. That reminds me of a story that I heard. Some One of my students told me about this woman named Kristen Hampton, who uh, she's a news person who... Um, she was in her car and she like bought something on Amazon that was like a stamp eyebrow thing. Like you put powder yes, on the stamp. I and know you what you're talking put it about. On your eye. <laughs> in a, like she went live on Facebook and it went viral. And then a couple of weeks or days later, um, she did one about this uh, facial slimmer exercise mouthpiece, which is basically she's doing like funny product reviews 
And I think she chose to find a second one because it was just so successful the first time. And the second one was like this big mouth thing that you put in and it kind of adds pressure so it kind of reduces wrinkles around your face and it just looks like a giant clown clown lips and it's like people are dying laughing and that went even more viral so she kind of like rode that wave and 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 it's growing even even better and she's just become you know this social media superstar now because of this and it probably like you probably would have never learned about that second product if she went to whatever her old niche was and did something else. Like a lot of times with this viral stuff, you find your new niche because you can't plan. Like everybody says, oh, how do I go viral? Like it's not something you can plan. It just happens or else we would all be viral all the time. So yeah, I I definitely think just, okay, that went viral. What else can I do that's similar to that, that the same audience would like? I got to do that. And you have to do it quick. Like you don't want to let months go by because then you're going to be forgotten about. Perfect. Well, thank you for preparing us for that and hoping that that happens to a lot of people in a good way. There's obviously <laughs> ways to go viral in a, in a bad way, but hopefully it's for good things. Um, to finish off here, I'd love to, for the phase three people, you have a business, it's going well, you have an audience, you're getting media outlets. How do we, how do we get on that big dream stage? So, you know, in the entrepreneurial world, you know, for a while it was like, how do I get on Oprah? Or if you're in the <laughs> fitness industry, how do I get on Dr. Oz, right? Or, you know, Dr. Phil or, you know, the, like the, the ones where millions of people, people are, 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 are going to be there. And you know that like, if you get that spot, I mean, you're going to work hard to prepare for that day and make sure your servers are going to be up and running because you're going to get a flood of traffic, but this is a flood of traffic you can prepare for. Unlike the viral one, um, is, is that an organic thing that just kind of happens to, or are there ways to kind of shape things so that we are more likely to get on our dream stage like that? Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, it can happen both ways. Um, Like I said, the biggest, the biggest hits I've gotten for clients, they've been startups, you know, on the Today Show and on the Rachel Ray Show. Mm -hmm. And you can earn that media just doing the same things we've talked about by pitching yourself with a good story. But something that I think at this level that will set you apart is actually becoming a member of the media, just because it really increases your credibility. So, If you, for example, I contribute to Inc. Magazine, I started contributing as an expert in my industry and that is what sets me apart. So when I do pitch myself to other places, I can say I'm a contributor to Inc. Magazine and that sets me apart from everybody else. Um, Something else you can do and I do here in South Florida is I have a monthly segment on the local NBC station and that's just a matter of pitching yourself. Again, it's good to have content online to to show people you know what you're talking about. It's good to have those media hits. So after you have your own content, you have those other media hits. When you do pitch yourself to the bigger outlets, it makes more sense for you to be seen there. Oh, you can be a regular every month because you know what you're talking about. Blow it out of the water the first time and you'll keep being invited back. Um and then after you are on something, whether it be a small media hit at the beginning or multiple media hits, you know, as you advance, sharing those media hits and tagging the people who are involved so they see that you're sharing it and mm-hmm. you you are actively promoting them by promoting you, that's going to get you seen more. Um, but really... Once you start earning that local stuff, it sets the stage to get that big stuff because a lot of those bigger outlets, like I know with um, national TV, they are always going to ask to see, okay, well, what other TV have you done? 
So if you haven't done any local TV, they're not going to put you on national TV. So when you are earning those small hits, make sure you keep them somewhere. You have a page on your website or you are building a reel from all of your TV hits. So when national TV does come knocking and they want to see what you're capable of, like, are, are we going to put you on live TV and are you going to freeze and are you going to look like an idiot on our network? <laughs> they can see your previous TV hits and they know, oh, yeah, they can handle live TV. We'll bring them on. How do you how do you become a contributor? Like you said, I think that's a a quick actionable thing a person can do to set themselves up. Is it? Yeah. Is it? You, were you invited to that, or did you kind of apply? Well, every outlet does it differently. So with Inc. dot com, I honestly it's been a while now, but I honestly think they just have a form online that you fill out and. I think a lot of them are like this. You you go online and you fill out a form or there's an email address and you say, you know, this is my expertise. Here are some ideas for future articles and here are a couple of drafts. I know with a lot of them, you have to write drafts ahead of time mm -hmm. just so they can see your style or you have to link to previous work. So again, going back to why you should have a blog on your website, if you're not a contributor anywhere, um, it's good to have that previous work or you can guest blog someplace. Um, and then with TV, I think somebody reached out to me because they found me online. And again, that's, that's why it's good to have a home base and constantly be updating your content online. They were looking for something and uh, they found me online. That's, I mean, obviously I have a TV background, so it helps that I know how to conduct myself in front of a camera. But um, I have a national spot on Lifetime every once in a while. I, I co-host some of their morning shows and they found me online. And it was because they were looking for um, somebody to not co-host, but guest host a segment. They had a brand on and that brand didn't have a spokesperson. So they were searching for local influencers mm -hmm. and they found me. And that turned into a regular recurring role as a co-host. So that's why it's important. All these little media hits that you're building over time to make them accessible and make them searchable so people can find them online. So you will be found instead of constantly pitching yourself, the media will start coming to you because you have so much out there already. Wow. Christina, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. And you know, you've helped, you know, several people as clients and you've helped now thousands and thousands of more just right here in the last half hour. So man, thank you, Christina, for all your time and, and, and your dedication to helping people who really could use the expert extra exposure. And, and so I appreciate that. Um, talk about your mentorship program a little bit. Like, uh, I, I, I know because you and I are working together, you're actually one of my students in my accelerator program. Um, and it's awesome to see how quickly you turn things over and, 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 and make things happen. And your mentorship program, like how can people kind of see more of what that's like if, if they want to get more help from you? Where should they go to maybe get a taste of that? Yeah, well, the accelerator program is amazing. I'm already loving it. Thank um, you. And the whole reason I wanted to join, Pat, um, as we've talked about, is I've, I have my PR agency. And it's more for the bigger businesses, people who are doing at least a million in revenue, who have a marketing budget, where they have thousands to spend every month. But I kept being approached by people like, who listen to smart passive income, they're starting to build something or in their early stages and they're not quite at a million a year where they, they can't hire a PR agency, but they need the help. Like they need that to grow, to get to where they want. So that's why I said, Pat, I want to start helping the smaller guys who need this more than the bigger guys. They just can't afford it. So let, let's work on 
teaching them what they need to know so they can make this stuff happen for themselves. So um, that's what we're working together to roll out, um, you know, because not everybody wants or needs a big agency. They want to keep it more close to the vest and, and keep it more intimate. So um, I'm super excited about that. And I would love to um, give your listeners a little taste of what my mentoring program is like. So I do want to release um, the first module or two to your listeners, and they can Thank access you. that at mediamavenandmore.com slash SPI. Mediamavenandmore.com slash SPI. Yes. Great. We'll have a link in the show notes for sure. Thank you for that. And just for clarification, I'm not a partner in like I'm, I'm a partner in terms of like I appreciate you and I want people to go there, but I'm not, you know, a part of the company. This is this is you, you are a student of mine. And, and these are the kinds of things that we're working together on for you and your business to help even more people. So just I wanted to clarify that. Um, but I like how you phrase it like, hey, we're, we're doing this together. I like that. That's what I want it to feel like in in my accelerator program. So that's, that's great. So media Maven and more slash SPI. You can check it out for, you know, the first couple modules for free to see what that's like and see if, it, if that's something you want to dive into, because there are untapped opportunities out there for all of us for sure. And I'm just thankful that we have people like Christina to come on to help guide us into certain lanes and, and really crush it there. So uh, Christina, any final words for people who are just right on the brink of success there and are looking for a little bit of uh, exposure? Yeah, just don't be afraid to promote yourself and put yourself out there. Like the worst that can happen is people say no. So just make sure your website is all set up so you can start earning those link backs online and drive traffic to your site. You're amazing, Christina. Thank you so much. And I'm sure we'll hear from you again uh, at some point in the future here back on the show. So I appreciate you and we'll talk soon. Thanks, Pat. All right. I hope you enjoy that episode with Christina Nicholson. Amazing interview, Christina. I know you listen to the show. You're, you're a rock star. Thank you so much for coming on. If you want to check her out, find her at mediamavenandmore.com. And if you want to check out the uh, samplings of her mentorship program, uh, you all are invited to that. You can go to mediamavenandmore.com slash SPI. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Make sure you check out the show notes, which are available at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 321. If you don't remember any of the links that were mentioned, head on over there. Leave a comment for Christina. She always loves to see those. Uh, And so again, one more time, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 321. (laughs) And then uh, lastly, I just wanted to uh, say, you know, a lot of you I know are starting out in your email marketing journey. And to help you, I definitely want you to get involved with uh, ConvertKit. It's an email service provider that I am an affiliate for. I'm an advisor for them as well. Uh, There's a few great things. I mean, there's a lot of great things about ConvertKit, but for me, two top things. Number one, they have the most amazing customer service when it comes to helping you with your email service provider. If you're just starting out, they can help you get set up really quickly, and uh, it's just super intuitive to use anyway. But even if you are migrating from another platform, uh, they help you with that as well. Um, and the other thing is that they are always educating us on what's working, what's not, the latest trends in email marketing. They have a lot on J, uh, GDPR and a lot of things related to that to help us manage all that uh, that's going on with regulations and the EU and all that, all those kinds of things. Um, definitely, definitely why I love ConvertKit plus all the bazillion other reasons I love them too. So I am an affiliate. I do enter commission if you go through this link, but you also get a free trial if you go to this link and that's a 45-day free trial. That's smartpassiveincome.com slash convertkit45. Again, smartpassiveincome.com slash convertkit45. Thanks so much. I appreciate you guys and I look forward to serving you in next week's episode. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. Cheers. 
Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point. So I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray. And in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.